This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conant. Weather and war headlines had traders adding risk premium to the grains this week. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson is also watching fund positions. Yeah, the funds were, you know, holding fairly significant short in that Chicago wheat as of last week, uh, over 50,000 contracts almost. So they stepped up and covered that. We did close up 55, 57 cents in Chicago wheat, um, Minneapolis up 19 to 20, and KC up 40. So, you know, definite uh, range and a difference in the wheat classes there. And U.S. Commodities President Don Rose calling it an emotional, volatile week. With, uh, you know, the focus, of course, on weather and, of course, on the uh, Russian-Ukraine war escalating, and that really added some risk premium to the market. And uncertainty, uh, you know, with a lot of uh, bullish news dialed in on both fronts, a little profit-taking uh, going into a weekend, uh, not that uncommon in case the uh, weather pattern uh, doesn't fall through like uh, the trade believes and in case the uh, Russia-Ukraine war improves from where we're at right now. Corn Belt Marketing Market Analyst Sam Hudson expects this volatile action in the grains to continue. We haven't had a lot of conviction in the corn market in general in that regard from a fund standpoint. You know, they've been kind of both sides. Of, you know, they got short on the break, uh, you know, bought some of it back, but didn't hold a large position either way. My assumption is, uh, you know, in this move, we're bringing in some of that outside spec money, and anyone who got sucked into it on the way down is kind of blown out. And so you just get the, you know, complete reversal and wind sprints from one end of the court to the other. And, and you know, unfortunately, uh, we could continue to see this dynamic until the next August crop report, and the USDA will throw some fire on top of it. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo said the vegetable oil market was also back in play this week. I think this has been an on and off button, on and off switch all week long, really resulting as a as a occurrence of the global El Nino phenomenon, I think, where the vegetable oil markets in the Southeast Asian areas, uh, obviously the rice news about India banning most of their rice exports, non-basmati rice exports, um, really hitting the markets very much in that complex. Vegetable oils, very similar in terms of weather premium being built in. That has once again gotten the August bean oil up almost 2% on the day. That, I think, has been able to bring about some short covering in the August beans and tighten up those spreads. Van Nonen Company CEO Jim Emter said the moves that happened in the livestock market this week, though, rather muted. I know there's liquidation that is occurring, uh, but again, you know, with the toppy action in between third and fourth price counts, this market's holding in there really well, and live cattle the same thing. And I just think it's that strang, strong cash undertone, the fact that Packers can't seem uh, to really push too hard right now and win the game. We see, still see cash values climbing back up, even uh, despite uh, Packers playing a little hardball right now, and this just kind of leaves us with a little bit of head-scratching as to are we really going after a rare fourth price count. Country Futures market analyst Daryl Holliday says the you know, livestock traders are watching the action in the cash market. Well, we're still trying to sort the cash market out. I don't know where we're going to be. They, they Packers went home without cattle. There were some cattle didn't get sold last week. They were trying to buy cattle on the weekend. They're still trying to bluff each other out. I think I still think we'll trade cattle before the end of the day. The day tomorrow wouldn't be surprised today, but we're not really showing any signs of getting there yet. But there's no break. Futures have tried to break off, but it's they're just still still solid cash fundamentals, which is also true in the hogs. The cash fundamentals are good. That's why you got the August up and the rest of them down. The cash needs of the Packers are still driving these front end of the markets higher. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture.
I'm Randy Conan. For over 130 years, Farmers Mutual of Nebraska has been helping policyholders recover from the unexpected. With more than 1,500 independent agents and communities across the Midwest, experience the advantage of insurance kept local for your auto, farm, and home. Visit fmne.com to contact an agent for a quote today and experience the difference of insurance kept local. Farmers Mutual of Nebraska, always alongside you. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, or wheat. We do that digging, talking to numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors here in North Harvest, and wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235, brought to you by North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, Baristo Herbicide from BASF, SRS Commodities, and Heads Up Plant Protectants. A look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The House Select Committee introduced the Protecting U.S. Farmland and Sensitive Sites from Foreign Adversaries Act to prevent foreign countries from exploiting U.S. land near security sites. The act would grant the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. permission to oversee potential land purchases in the U.S. The bill would also allow the Secretary of Ag to vote on transactions involving farmland or ag tech. And a coalition of farm groups has filed a motion in federal court in North Dakota to vacate the Biden administration's Waters of the United States rule and apply the recent Supreme Court decision. The American Farm Bureau Federation and National Cattlemen's Beef Association are leading this coalition. Meanwhile, the Biden administration asked the court for a stay, saying the WOTUS rule will be rewritten in September. U.S. Senator Tina Smith has introduced a bipartisan bill titled Agriculture Skills Preparation for Industry Recruitment Efforts Act that would address workforce shortages in the ag industry. The Aspire Act would allow more people to enter into the ag industry workforce. Well, what we hear when we talk to folks is that there are a couple of basic barriers that people have as they want to get into agriculture. And one, of course, is the need for access to capital and lending and, um, you know, just the, uh, the kind of the financial backing that you need to be able to get into um, farming and ranching. But the other is just the need to get more training. A lot of people don't appreciate that uh, farming and ranching is a highly technical career these days. The National FFA organization has named its finalists for the 2023 American Star Farmer, American Star in Agribusiness, American Star in Agriculture Placement, and American Star in AgriScience Awards. The American Star Farmer finalists include Dan Jossen from the Ada Borup West FFA chapter in Minnesota. The American Star in AgriScience finalists include Hadley Stiefvater from the McCook Central FFA chapter in South Dakota. A panel of judges will interview the 16 finalists and select one winner from each category for the 96th National FFA Convention this fall. NDSU Extension Weed Specialist Joe Eichley says water hemp is problematic across the state and is covering more acres every year. Eichley says herbicide resistance is also becoming an issue. If you're new to the water hemp game, not used to, to working with it, we always assume glyphosate resistance and resistance to our group 2 herbicides. Uh, so in soybean, that's something like Raptor or Pursuit. That's the base assumption with water hemp. 
We also have uh, at least eight counties now with confirmed uh, group 14 resistant water hemp. And so that's our post-emergence products in soybean, uh, like Flexstar. We use a lot of reflex and, and dry beans, so same chemistry there. So we have that in at least eight counties, and we'll probably identify more in the future. And, and the big news that we've been talking about is we did confirm dicamba-resistant water hemp in Trail County. Input costs cut profits for livestock producers last year. North Dakota farm management education instructor Jason Fuel says cow-calf profitability from last year was in the negatives based off program data. So in 2022, there was about a $50 loss per cow um, before charging for unpaid labor and management. It was due primarily to two things. One, prices weren't great on the output side, but then uh, costs were really high last year, feed especially, but just everything else with, seems like it's pretty high with inflation. Despite still elevated input costs, Fuel expects a profit per cow for this year. This has been a look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Provisol from BASF, best positioned early in the Sarcospora spray program. Here's BASF District Sales Manager Ken Dybert. Yeah, the reason why we put it out uh, early in the in the spray program, the data, our data would show that we we see a nice bump in sugar in that early application. When you're putting it with an EBDC or tin, and based on the rotations, uh, Provisol still has that best fit early on. Provisol from BASF. Always read and follow label instructions. Providing play-by-play for the business of agriculture, the Red River Farm Network. Unless our corn exports pick up uh, appreciably, and I don't see that happening. The farmer is, at the moment, uh, just not engaging on the cash sales side. We traded as low as seventy-seven fifty-nine. This is the first time we've been lo- below $80 a barrel in uh, about seven weeks. Numbers are available anywhere, but when you want to know why the market is moving up or down, agriculture's first choice is the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The Canadian prairies are incredibly dry. World Weather Incorporated senior ag meteorologist Drew Lerner says there's a lot of chronically dry areas around Alberta. Oh, those folks are really taking it on the chin here, so to speak. Uh, the, uh, the prairies are really quite dry, southern and eastern parts of Alberta and a large part of southern and central Saskatchewan, just chronically dry. There's been a lot of production cuts and losses that have already occurred this year because of the drought that has been expanding. Earlier this year, the drought was most concentrated on Alberta, southern and eastern Alberta, and a few areas in western Saskatchewan. Lerner says the dryness is also expanding past the Canadian border into parts of Montana and North Dakota. But during this past few weeks, there's been a big expansion of the dryness all the way over to the Manitoba border and farther north as well. And so the situation is much more critical there. We do expect a little rain to occur in Saskatchewan and Manitoba and Alberta, but it's probably not going to hold up real well. And it's only going to offer temporary re- relief. The dryness will continue to be a big issue, and that dryness that's up there is expanding into the northwestern plain. So a fair amount of Montana and western and northern parts of North Dakota have been drying down for a little while now. At East Grand Forks, Matthew Kruger is pleased with his corn. The crop is near the tasseling stage. Soybean development varies from field to field. I mean, we got soybeans that uh, V4 all the way to some that are R3 and almost near R4. Um, you know, some of those early beans, they just 
sat there um, in dry dirt for almost three weeks waiting for the rain to fall, and when it finally came, then they all came up. And I know that's kind of a story everywhere. You know, guys that have beets have beets sitting in dry dirt that finally three, four weeks later they, they came up and kind of filled their stands. So um, beans are looking finally good. I always say soybeans look ugly until about mid-late July, and then you actually kind of go like, oh, they actually look like they can produce something. And Kruger nearly rode off his wheat crop because of the extreme heat early in the season. I was scouting one of the fields. I thought, I'm pretty sure it's flag leaf coming, and that stuff was ankle high. And sure enough, here's the head, the flag leaf all just coming out. And, and you go out there now in those fields, I mean, they're mid-shin tall, fully, you know, heads out. It just, It is kind of disappointing what could have been and what kind of happened with that extreme heat. Wheat harvest has started in South Dakota. Oahe Grain Cooperative General Manager Tim Lucan says harvest in South Dakota has started out west and in pockets of central South Dakota. Guys are harvesting out west, western and South Dakota, south here. In here, I'm going to guess probably a week, uh, probably 10 days to two weeks, we'll probably start seeing some spring wheat. That crop is going to be an extreme mess. Um, we were so dry. I mean, it was uh, on the spring wheat side, it's short. Winter wheat, short. Spring wheat short, um, maybe knee high at best on the winter wheat, and mid, you know, halfway between my calf and ankle for the spring wheat. So it's short. Lucan says the spring wheat harvest will be a challenge this year. But what happened is we started getting some rains here in the last three weeks. We've picked up six to nine inches in the area, and uh, the spring wheat started to stool out. So we're going to have two to three different crops in the same field on the spring wheat. So. That's going to be a challenge coming forward. Row crops right now look phenomenal. We were within a week of losing everything. Uh, corn is a lot of it's tasseling. It's over my head. I'm 6'5". So it's really grown a lot. Uh, winter wheat protein, we're averaging about 14.5. And uh, quality on the spring wheat is to be determined, but we'll find that out in a couple weeks. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. We want to take a moment to recognize the hard work and dedication of our local farmers. Every day they embrace the challenges and rewards of this lifestyle. We appreciate their efforts and at Wilbur Ellis we're proud to support them as their trusted partner. It's an honor to be part of their journey and provide them with the necessary tools to thrive and succeed. We believe that together we can build a prosperous future in agriculture. We're better together. That's the power of we. Visit WilburEllisAgribusiness.com or reach out to the Grand Forks Wilbur Ellis team today. Early mornings, late nights, rain, snow, sunshine. You've clocked in a 40-hour work week, and it's only Tuesday. No one works harder than the American farmer and rancher. The Red River Farm Network is proud to deliver farm news, markets, and weather to the innovators and decision makers. 90 minutes of farm programs each weekday, four farm broadcasters, and one ag meteorologist. On air, online, and on the go, the Red River Farm Network is reporting agriculture's business.